Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Paul and Jordana and DJ and you. We appreciate you uh, joining us today. We're trying to get up to speed and wrap our brains around what's happening in Ukraine. Uh, the first major war in, in Europe in 75 years, really since the beginning, since the onset of uh, World War II. And they're calling it a Russian blitzkrieg, which may be an appropriate metaphor. It's the first time there's been a major war, an invasion in Europe since Adolf Hitler and Nazi Germany invaded Poland back in 1939, which went on to start World War II. So we have questions. Ukraine uh, has been independent, a sovereign nation, for more than 30 years since the collapse of the Soviet Union. And it's held democratic elections. I think uh, there have been five different presidents during Putin's reign in Russia. So heading off in a uh, more westerly direction they want to be free uh, they want to choose their leaders how do we get to where we are today professor renee burr is a political science professor at the saint thomas college of arts and sciences and professor burr is joining us today welcome for having me absolutely can can you explain to me, can you explain to listeners, I understand Ukraine was a part of the Soviet Union, which basically dissolved since 1991, um, and they gave up nuclear weapons, 5,000 nuclear weapons, the third biggest arsenal in the world in 1994, with guarantees from the U.S., the U.K., and Russia. Basically, they gave up their nukes in return for a promise that Russia wouldn't invade and now it's being invaded can you just get us up to speed with where we are and and what's the history kind of the cliff's notes version of of ukraine and russia absolutely so ukraine was uh, part of the soviet union as you mentioned it's what's called a ukrainian soviet socialist republic and uh, when the soviet union fell apart those socialist republics became independent states so that is where Ukraine's independent story starts in the modern era. Um, but obviously, uh, Ukraine was not always under the sway of Russia, uh, contrary to how Putin wants to present it. So since about 2004, Ukraine has been progressively asserting its independence. Um, in those early years between 1991 and 2004, fairly pro-Russian leadership were in charge, and they didn't make a lot of reforms. But uh, in 2004, there was a, a well-contested election between a more pro-Western candidate named Yushchenko, 
who was uh, going up against a pro-Russian uh, candidate named Yanukovych. And uh, Yushchenko was uh, um, likely to win. And so there was, uh, you may recall, uh, Yushchenko was actually poisoned uh, during the campaign and nearly died. But yeah. uh, the the election was rigged. Um, they said that Yanukovych, the pro-Russian candidate, had won. And uh, that uh, started the Orange Revolution, which eventually uh, led to new elections and the um, the election of pro-Western Yushchenko. So since then, Russia has been trying Professor, to regain let me, control. Professor, let me just jump mm-hmm. in here. You said the, the election was rigged. Was the election rigged by the Russians? Yes. Okay. It was. There was definitely um, ballot stuffing in the Ukrainian election. So we had exit polling data that proved that Yushchenko had won by a small margin. And the official word that came out, which was from the Kuchma government, which was pro-Russian, um, claimed that Yanukovych had won. So it was by comparing that exit polling data to the actual um, supposed uh, data that the, the pro-Russian government put forward. And so that is the first big um, uprising of the Ukrainian people in favor of their independence. So since then, Putin's been trying to sort of indirectly control Ukraine through increasingly invasive ways. So let's talk about how Vladimir Zelensky came to power and what type of how he changed things and then what type of government they've had in more recent years. So you start with Yushchenko in 2004, um, engaging more with the European Union. So that's a fairly contentious issue. But for Ukraine's economy and its society, it makes more sense for it to reach out both to the European Union and to Russia. So that tends to be the biggest uh, difference between uh, Ukrainian presidents whether they're pulling a little bit more westward, whether they're pulling a little more eastward, whether they're viewed as more favorable towards the Ukrainian language or the Russian language. So that's the main grounds of contention for uh, a Ukrainian president. So Zelensky came in um, in a free and fair election and uh, was really kind of an outsider candidate and more concerned with corruption than necessarily picking one of these sides. So he is a different kind of candidate than the ones that preceded him. Professor, I'm curious, in the mind of of Vladimir Putin, he perceives NATO as an offensive threat. Mm -hmm. Uh, And he called, apparently, Ukraine, possibly joining NATO, an existential threat for Russia. Mm-hmm. And he went on to say, look, the Ukraine has always been a part of Russia. Uh, basically, they're sort of like the wayward son, and we're just going to <laughs> reunite the wayward son with the family again. Mm-hmm. Do you care to delve into some of the psychology? I'm trying to separate out legitimate history and facts from spin. Yes. So definitely his speech, uh, Putin's speech, uh, this past Monday um, was a combination of facts, uh, exaggerations, misinformation, and omissions. And so knowing that all four of those were in that mix is really important. Um, the narrative that he told about Ukrainian identity actually is the same narrative that the Russian Tsarist regime used to try to subjugate the Ukrainian population as well as the Belarusian population, which they view in a very similar way. 
So um, that is a, a very um, Russian-focused, uh, um, Russian-privileged kind of uh, uh, viewpoint of Ukrainian history. The deeper history, of course, is that um, Ukrainian culture, language, uh, Belarusian culture and language, these things predate um, the Soviet Union. So none of the none of what Putin said about that is accurate. These are old languages and old cultures that uh, had their own identity, um, but they had been forcefully subjugated by the Russians. And uh, whether that was by the Tsarist regime or by the, the Soviet regime, ultimately it was subjugation. Professor, we're speaking with Professor Rene Buer from uh, St. Thomas College of Arts and Sciences. Um, I know we only have a few minutes left, but share with us the relationship between Putin and Zelensky. And also, why is this happening now? Was there a trigger? <laughs> why did Putin decide? Again, why now? That is an excellent question. Um, so his rationale, his stated rationale is that the Donbass region was destabilized and that Ukraine was uh had imminent plans to attack Donbass, this uh, this breakaway region in the east. Um, there's no evidence of that. It was a frozen conflict. So um, that rationale doesn't pan out. That's why Putin has had to put forward a lot of um, fake news, essentially, to try to um, legitimize his claims of Ukrainian genocide of the, the Donbass people. There's just no real evidence of that. So um, why it's happening now, only Vladimir Putin knows. Um, so it could be that he's looking at uh, the international system as it is right now and seeing it as a bit weaker than it was, say, in 2008 when he tried a similar move on Georgia. So um, it, he may feel like there are more opportunities right now to do so. Britain is sort of in disarray, right? Um, France is trying to hold together the, the transatlantic alliance. Um, you know, the U.S. has had a, a fairly rocky foreign policy for a while now. So he may just think that Zelensky is less experienced than his predecessor, Poroshenko, and he may think that the, the Western alliance is less capable. But um, we can only really you know, speculate since he may not even know exactly why he's doing it right now. Hmm. Yep. Professor Burr, last question, 30 seconds. Is yeah. Is Putin ultimately... Worried about democracy at his doorstep? Is it a, a legitimate concern about NATO encroaching and him perceiving NATO as an offensive force versus a defensive force? When people ask you what's really going on, why is he risking blood and treasure? And sadly, it's, it's mm -hmm. going to be the blood of a lot of Ukrainians. Why is mm -hmm. this happening now? And you touched on a lot of that geopolitically. But what do you think is really going on? What is he so so afraid of? So he has wanted Belarus and Ukraine to be dependent upon Russia ever since he became president in 1999. It could be that his attempts to do so indirectly through tampering in Ukrainian politics and then um, participating in uh, the, the Donbass region and annexing Crimea Maybe he feels like these piecemeal things are not accomplishing the kind of control he wants of Ukraine. That's the only somewhat rational explanation I can arrive at. But there's a fair amount of speculation that he may not be behaving rationally at all at this point. And that's that's a tough hmm. question to really answer. Yeah. Okay.
Thank you for this this knowledge. I, we so appreciate your expertise, <laughs> Professor Renee Buer for political science, uh, a professor with St. Thomas College of Arts and Sciences. Sciences. We appreciate this, and we will call on you again, Professor. Thank you, Great. Professor. Thank you very much. Yeah, that that was a knowledge bomb. I mean, yes. she just dropped yes. on us. Mm-hmm. Just trying to get up and to And that's speed. good background. Like, I think you have yeah. to know the history to understand what's going on. Of course, nobody can understand why this lunatic, Vladimir Putin, you know, is, is, is invading this peaceful country. We don't know his true motives. And again, she says he may not be acting rationally. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.